It's the Points in the Paint NBA podcast with Sam House, Russell Peddle, and host Alan Goldshire. Oh, Sam. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a question for you. Shoot. When Kristaps Porzingis hurts, do you feel sympathy pain? Oh, my heart breaks every time that he misses a game. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. So it's more it's more like a metaphysical pain than an actual physical pain. Right, but the metaphysical pain hurts. Okay, I got you. Sending out to uh, get well uh, uh, message to Kristaps Porzingis. Hey, I'm Alan Golcher, senior NBA analyst for FanDuel, and welcome to Points in the Paint. An NBA podcast powered by NumberFire, in which our advanced analytics and NumberFire proprietary metrics will teach you how to heal a unicorn. See what I did there? See what I did there, guys? If only we could heal him. If only we could heal the unicorn. But before we discuss unicorns, let's discuss Sam's other favorite topic, daily fantasy basketball. If you're looking to build the ultimate fantasy lineup, it can help to have a scout on your bench. And with the free FanDuel Scout app, you get exactly that. Scout syncs with your FanDuel lineup to bring your injury notifications, instant player analysis, and game time updates so you will never, ever, ever, ever get burned by a late scratch or a last-minute injury. Scout also provides number fires, advanced analytics, and game previews so you can build smarter lineups. Download the free Scout app now on iOS and Android to get started and now it's time to say what up to my partners in basketball crime number fire projections are sam house and our manada in canada number fire head nba writer russell pedal what's the good word russ it is officially christmas season there's christmas music everywhere and i want to stab someone in the face oh <laughs> drinking the christmas haterade russell pedal hey this just into the points in the paint newsroom the cleveland cavaliers are weird more about that in a bit but we're going to start out the show today with a little segment we like to call up and down russ is going to tell you whose fantasy basketball stock is rising and whose is falling and sam the brick house will support or refute russ's findings using our favorite number five proprietary metric nerd the brick breaks down nerd better than anybody so bring the funk thank you as always for that brilliant introduction alan um (laughs) so what nerd is from a player perspective, and we talk about it on this show from a player perspective mostly because that's what impacts fantasy, uh, it's, it's a player m- metric that, that measures the total contribution of a player throughout the course of a season based on their efficiency with zero representing the league average. This ranking gives an estimate of how many games above or below 500 a league average team would be with that player as one of their starters and the rest all league average players. That's the truth right there. Nerd is a fascinating, fascinating metric. And if you want to learn more about it, visit numberfire.com. Uh, so Russell Scrooge Petal, uh, Russell is not going to put <laughs> he's not going to put coal in Eric Bledsoe's sock. You're digging what Bledsoe's doing in Milwaukee. For the record, love Christmas, hate Christmas ah. music. Oh, um, yeah. Bledsoe uh, has been fairly frustrating this season overall. Um, of course, he, he was dealing with the benching in Phoenix while that they worked out a trade for him. Uh, and then he had kind of a slow start to his Bucks tenure as he was feeling at his teammates. Um, on the season, he's only ranked around, you know, top 75. But he was an early round asset in his four seasons with the Suns and is playing a bit like that again now. Um, over the last two weeks, Bledsoe's been a top 20 guy, actually. And he's been top 10 over the last week. So, wow. you know, it's that that's what we call an upward trend. He's showing <laughs> uh, th- that he can play next to Antetokounmpo. Brogdon's not really a threat to his role or his minutes, as some thought he might be. Um, so Bledsoe could still be the mega ceiling player he's been for the last several years, contributing in basically every single category. He's a real non-cat threat across the board. Uh, still only 28, perfectly in his prime. Uh, I say if you can get a jaded owner to move off his still modest season-long ranking or um, anything like that, uh, he's trending in the right direction, and I'd say he's worth buying into before he uh, really establishes this as the the way he's going to be the rest of the season. Yeah, he's He's been a great DFS asset when he was with Phoenix last year. There were some nights he just blew up the spotlight. Uh, Sam, are you feeling what's going on in uh, in Milwaukee? Yeah, I am. I, I mean, it What's interesting about Bledsoe is that because he's been struggling in, during his tenure, uh, even in Milwaukee, his numbers are, are are low enough where you can convince somebody to to sell still at this moment. <laughs> I mean, uh, 
he's only posted a 103, uh, if you exclude the three games while he was in Phoenix, he posted a, a 103 offensive rating so far this season with a negative 0.1 in both nerd and number fire efficiency rating, which are all mm. downgrades from last year. So you can sell it to somebody that he's doing worse. However, we've seen him with a 25.4 assist percentage, 15.3 turnover percentage, and 28% usage rating, which are all improved from last year. And, and these are the kind of things that uh, tend to create positive regression when you look at those kind of metrics that are are, are increasing it's it's a good sign uh for what's to come when he finally does and seems to be adjusting to his new role on his new team so yes i'm i'm pretty optimistic in regards to bledsoe i'm expecting some positive regression to continue and uh if you can get a good price uh i'm all for buying yeah, the, the Bucks have a nice free-flowing offense, and Antetokounmpo cannot score every point, I don't think. So, I mean, yeah, he can, good, but... He just doesn't feel like it. He yeah. just chooses not to. It's a conscious effort. Um, yeah, I, I dig Bledsoe, too, and uh, I might try and steal him from someone in one of my leagues. Uh, Sam is actually trying to steal this next guy from me in one of our <laughs> leagues. That's <laughs> Danilo Gallinari. We are about to negotiate a trade after we're done recording the show. Uh, Russell, am I going to get ripped off or, or what? Well, I kind of want him too, so this might have to be a three-way discussion. But ah. um, <laughs> Gallo's due back this week. Uh, he's coming back to a Clippers team that has lost Patrick Beverly uh, for the season because of knee surgery. Uh, has Blake Griffin sidelined for up to two months with an MCL sprain. Has Milos Teodosic out until at least Christmas because of his foot. Um, there's so a dude who yeah. probably doesn't like Christmas music either. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> so there's like. <laughs> Three starters for the Clippers for, uh, opening roster gone right there. So there are a lot of minutes and usage coming Gallo's way, I'm sure of it. So I think now's a good time to buy. Yes, I recognize that you're absorbing the injury risk that comes with owning Danilo Gall- Gallinari. You know, he's a guy that plays around 60 games per year. But uh, you can't sleep on the fact that when he is healthy and when he is in the lineup, he's been a top 50 player for six of his seven seasons, of his last seven seasons. Um, solid contributions and points, threes, rebounds, assists, free throw percentage, and turnovers. Uh you know, if that kind of upside can be had for some kind of injury discount right now before he comes back or if he struggles the first couple games, uh, I think it's a, worth a shot to take that risk. Um, besides, I mean, he typically misses about 15 or 20 games or so a season, like I said, and he's already missed 13, so maybe he's so, already so, filled yeah, his quota. He's his, yeah, he's filled his quota. <laughs> so, Sam, clearly, uh, based on the uh, insultingly low trade offers I've gotten, you really love Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we only uh, we only talked about this for a brief moment, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, – this is a good anecdotal uh, situation for player for fantasy players who are trying to buy. I, first of all, let me let me say Gallo is 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 uh, historically a very efficient player. He's never had a season where he finished with a negative nerd and and posted a six point one nerd a season ago. And now we'll be coming back into an offense that is desperately in need of an offensive playmaker, considering all of their injuries and. For for someone like me in in our situation in our league, I'm in second place and in in great position. And I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm in great position moving forward where I can take on a little bit of an injury risk to to play for upside and to really help build a championship contender. So if I'm gonna take on this risk, I'm in a great spot to do so. Now, if you're you know in in the last place mode or or a, a more desperate situation, it may not be as good of a target, but. For teams that have playoff aspirations that can maybe wait out some of the injury bugs and stuff like that, Danilo is an excellent target, and he's going to be so valuable whenever he's on the floor. You've kind of convinced me not to trade him, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're that. in third place, so I don't know if uh, <laughs> if you're the right guy to sell, but we'll we'll discuss later. We'll discuss. Um, so this next guy on Russell's list is somebody who. It just destroyed my Chicago. Everybody's destroying my Chicago Bulls, so that's not like any great, you know, notch in your belt. But he he beat them with a last second runner, uh, and he looked in, phenomenal for the entire game. And it looks like he's coming to, into his own for this season. Will Barton in Denver, man, he's balling out. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a mid to late round value over the last two years, so he's kind of been on the fantasy radar. But uh, he might finally be having a bona fide breakout right now. He's uh, top seventy on the season. It's top 40 over the last month, top 20 over the last week. What do we call that? Trending up. Trending up. In other words, he is trending way up. Uh, the absence <laughs> of Paul Millsap, uh, with, he just had wrist surgery, and Wilson Chandler has had some lower back pain. So that's opened up some more minutes for Barton. Uh, he's been getting over 30 a night. 
start getting some spot starts, mostly coming off the bench, but he's giving owners solid contributions across all nine categories, much like uh, an Eric Bledsoe, uh, particularly getting lots of points, threes. Uh, he's doing well in both defensive categories, getting a high field goal percentage. I mean, realistically, he could lose some minutes once the Nuggets get back to full strength, but that could be a long time from now, and a lot can happen in that time. Um, if Barton keeps carving out this consistent role for himself, uh, I, I definitely want to own him wherever I can. Uh, you can actually still add him in some places. He's he's actually unowned in like twenty or thirty percent of leagues, what? depending on your your platform. Not our um, platform. No. But, what kind of league is that? But, right. Uh, you know, a lot there are a lot of them out there, man. We, we Kevin we Love is to, out there in some league somewhere. So we tend to we tend to play in competitive leagues, guys. There, not everyone plays in uh, in regular leagues like we do, but. Um, yeah. I'm just basically looking to buy him wherever I can. Any place he's being undervalued or thought of as like, you know, a reserve or, you know, someone who who can't do this consistently. Like he's been really, really great this season. Sam, I'm going to throw something at you, non-nerdy. Um, I, I know you're a massive Gary Harris fan, as are, as is everybody points in the paint. Uh, how would you feel about Will Barton playing next to Gary Harris, uh, kind of doing a little 2-3 switch off, doing some small ball? Oh, yeah, fine with that. I mean, uh, Barton and, and Harris are, are not the same type of player. Like, Barton's more of a slasher and aggressive rim attacker, whereas what Gary Harris is more of a, a three-point shooter, get your shot, play defense, play off the ball. So they kind of complement each other nicely. I kind of like it. You, do you feel like that the size, the numbers will overcome any size issues? Yeah, I do, and I think they're going to have to do a little bit of that with Millsap out and also now with Jokic on the shelf, and, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully for not too long, but, but it's looking like it could be a little bit of a, of a layoff for him. And we're looking at Jokic and Millsap both had usage rates above 21%, and Barton actually has a higher usage than Jokic, mostly because he's playing off the bench. But mm-hmm. he's, he, he has the he's shown in the past that he, he has the ability to play in big spots, big minutes, and, and he's a 1.0 nerd player through the first quarter of the season. I, I think he's going to be great, and he could play alongside Gary Harris no problem. He is he is a walking heat check. Uh, the next guy on, on Russ's little uh, little list here is a guy that I adore as a fantasy asset. I, I look at him as kind of an Andre Karolinko type, and to me, Andre Karolinko for you youngsters out there is sort of the fill the box score fantasy deity uh, from back in the day. And Robert Covington is kind of that guy now. Yeah, great comp, Alan. AK forty seven. Robert Covington, uh, as as you alluded to there, Alan, has been a fantasy monster uh, this year, ranking in the top 25, uh, elite threes and steals, basically decent everything else. Uh, he's been shooting almost 45% from the field, which is significant because he failed to shoot over 40% in each of his last four seasons. Um, many thought he was just a good stats on a bad team guy with the Sixers these last few years uh, when he was finishing as an early to mid-round value. Um but now that the Sixers are actually good with more talent around him, uh, it turns out he's actually a great stats on a good team guy. Mm-hmm. So he, he he's still the sideshow to Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons, obviously, but he's still a legitimate fantasy stud in his own right and is a fun guy to own uh, during this his breakout season, basically, at age 27. He's, he's really, uh, you know, sh- showing that he can do it while also playing important uh, minutes with other excellent players. So... If you can convince his owner that he's selling high because uh, Embiid, Simmons, AL are going to start stealing from his cookie jar before long, or you can take the last couple of weeks he's been shooting over, he's been shooting under 35% the last couple of weeks and ranking outside the top 100, so maybe you can use that as a buy low moment. But uh, one way or another, I'm, I, I'd be doing anything I can to get Rocco on my, uh, on my uh, squad because he's, he's simply a fantasy beast. Sam, even with the even with the occasional cold streak, which will happen, but you you know you got to you got to take that in stride. Yeah, Sam, do you see Covington keeping it up, and is he uh, is he positive with the nerd business? Yeah, I do. I mean, he's a top fifty nerd player so far this season, and like Russ said, a top twenty five fantasy asset on the year. He's playing more than thirty minutes a game consistently, and he's an mm-hmm. outstanding defender, which means he's going to be on the floor in critical moments, and he's going to play more minutes. I mean, he gets a one point six steals per game. He makes more than three threes per game, uh, and solid percentages this year, like Russ mentioned, and and less than two turnovers per game. He's he's a beast. Uh, I, I see no reason he's playing on a on an efficient team now. The Sixers mm-hmm. are, in fact, an efficient team. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to maintain top 30 value po- possibly for the rest of the year. 
Trust the process. Uh, so uh, Points of the Pain has its fair share of players we love, the Gary Harris's, the Miles Turner's. There are a couple of players we all agree aren't so hot. One of them is Harrison Barnes. Unsurprisingly, Russell wants to sell him again. Yeah, we were talking about him in previous weeks, but I kind of wanted to feature him specifically, like we were talking about the Mavericks and Sam's getting nerdy uh, before. But um, I think it's time to look at Harrison Barnes and really point out that he's just one of the more overrated guys in fantasy hoops in general over these last couple of years. <laughs> I think Dallas. I really feel like we've pointed that out every show, and I, I'm happy to continue to do so. Uh, yeah, I, I, me too. I mean, people people continue to own and and hold on to guys like him and Andrew Wiggins and act like they're <laughs> worth more than they are. Andrew but Wiggins anyway. on line four for Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harrison Harrison Barnes did finish in the top seventy five last year, so there's that. Uh, but, you know, he had an, eight, uh, an average draft position of 65 this year because there was ex- an expectation of growth. Uh, but so far this year, he's barely been in the top 100. Um, he doesn't really give you a whole lot outside of points. I mean, the rebounds are nice. They're up to 7.5 this season, uh, which is up about 2.5 per game. Uh, nothing wrong with that. And, of course, he gives you that 18 to 19 points. That's cool and all. But uh, everything else in his line basically ranges from middling to really not all that helpful. Um, and generally when guys contribute in only one category like that, if it's not points, we, we tend to dismissively call them specialists, but with scores, they get away with it and we draft them. Then people draft, I say we, not me, but <laughs> <laughs> we as fantasy players as a whole tend to draft <laughs> these guys, uh, higher just cause they're scorers, but we wouldn't do that with like a block specialist like John Henson, for example. So I just want to remind you that every category tends to count about the same in fantasy hoops. And just cause Barnes gives you 18 to 19 points, which is really not all that much. It's good, but it's not great. Um, he's basically a glorified specialist, and anytime he can string a few, you know, high twenties, thirty point games together, I'm going to sell him uh, to someone who, who who values that more than I do. Sam right now is wearing an "I don't like Harrison Barnes" T-shirt, so I think I know how you feel about him. Yeah, I'm wearing it on top of my "I love Dion Waiters" T-shirt. So. <laughs> um, more more on that later. <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean Harrison Barnes is a negative nerd player who's playing the hottest basketball of his entire tenure in Dallas. Maybe so. Uh, I think his value is never going to be higher, and now is the time to sell. And we've talked about him plenty on this podcast. I don't need to trash him anymore. Yeah, we don't need to give him any more airtime. Uh, thanks, Russ. Great list as usual. And uh, for your prize, for your phenomenal list. You get to sing with me because it's time for Getting Nerdy with Sam. I figure if I do it really poorly, you'll stop asking me to do it. So I'm that, never going to cra- stop I'm asking. Cra- <laughs> I'm going to throw the game every um, week from now on. You're, then it's all on you because you are singing every single week. Because each week, Sam will give us some interesting nerd-centric NBA factoids which we will then kick around for a few minutes. Uh, today, Sam got a little inspiration from Donovan Mitchell, and he wanted to talk about some rookies, right? Yeah, it was uh, the other night I was kicking around some ideas on what I wanted to, to cover this week, and Donnie Mitchell dropped 41 points, and I was like, man, I really love watching this guy. Uh, he's been so impressive this year, but how does he stack up to the other rookies when you look at his efficiency and such? So, uh, I mean, in fact, his minus 1.2 nerd is... Tied for 400th in our player power rankings, but uh, I want to go down and go. <laughs> uh, yeah, even though he's been really impressive, uh, he's not been efficient. But I wanted to focus on a few guys where the math really likes, and a few well that not so much. So uh, we got some some big names that are not very efficient, and some other guys that are. So uh, we'll start with uh, some of the better players, and and we'll start right off the bat with. Jason Tatum, who in filling in for uh, Gordon Hayward in a much bigger role than anticipated, has been actually spectacular this season. Mm. Um, and, and we've praised him all season on this podcast. And it's not only because he, make, he ranks number one among all rookies in nerd, but it's also because he actually ranks 12th in the entire league with the 3.2 nerd on the year, which is what? A, a, an anomaly mm. for rookies. Rookies never rank that. And, and he's inside the top 20 in number five efficiency rating for players who are averaging at least 20 minutes a game as well. So wow. he's been incredibly efficient this year. He, he's been excellent on both sides of the ball. He has a 119 offensive rating, a very impressive 100 defensive rating, which is points scored or allowed per 100 possessions. Um, 
for those who don't know. And uh, mm-hmm. he's got a true shooting percentage above 63% and, and a turnover rate below 12. I mean, he's he's been great. He's playing with the poise of a veteran, not a 19-year-old rookie. And this level of efficiency is a true outlier for a rookie. And he currently ranks inside the top uh, as a top 50 asset in fantasy in Nikat's story this year. So, uh, yeah, he's been outstanding. And, and he's the first person I wanted to mention in this list uh, of, of rookies that we're talking, getting nerdy with. And deservedly so. Uh, Russell, I'm going to throw a two-prong question at you, buddy. Uh, prong one, would you have taken Jason Tatum number one before the draft started? And prong number two, would you take him number one now, knowing what you know now then? In response to your first question, I am really not a college guy, so hard, hard for me to say. But in <laughs> hindsight, I will say yes, absolutely. So you're, you're, you're digging him as much as nerds digging him. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, the kid's 19 years old. He's shooting nearly 50% from three. Uh, he's leading the league in that, in fact. Um, nice. At 49.3%. Um, shooting over 50% from the field. And this is a 19-year-old rookie that generally when those guys come in, they're not super efficient. Um, and Russell hates, is, hates rookies, by the way. I tend to, yeah. but Russell's I mean, like the a, Tom Thibodeau of points in the paint. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> but, um, no, he's doing a bit of everything, man. Like, he's good good defender good uh good rebounder good scorer like he's he's just got a he's a really complete package i really like him and i mean 19 years old i mean you know i've got a 18 year old brother who can barely barely make a piece of toast and this guy is like (laughs) you know just tearing up the league and and no offense ben uh, if you're listening to this i'm just using you as an example i mean i'm 29 and i I have trouble with toast so i listen i can't make toast either i don't want to tell you how old i am so um, I, 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 I nearly I nearly lit a bowl of cereal on fire the other day. So <laughs> that sounds like some seriously Canadian cereal to me. Um, speaking of Ben, the next man on uh, uh, Russell's list or uh, Sam's list, excuse me, is Ben Simmons. Who tough call between he and Tatum for Rookie of the Year? Yeah, it's it's really tough, and and fortunately he wasn't in last year's draft. He was in two years ago draft, so that makes the the answer to the last question easier. Um, but, uh, you know, his efficiency isn't quite on the same level as Tatum's. Um, but right now I think that Simmons is the, the leader in the clubhouse for rookie of the year through the quarter point in, in the year. And, and it's weird to hear me say that because he's less efficient and, and I'm all about the, the efficiency numbers and all that, but his, his raw numbers are, are simply mind blowing. I mean, he's averaging 17.9 points, nine and a half rebounds, seven assists, two steals and a block per game. Uh, and he's posted a respectable 0.8. Uh, in both nerd and number fire efficiency rating, uh, which are both solid levels, especially for a rookie. And uh, even though he hasn't been as efficient as Tatum, like I said, um, it's easy to understand why. Much of it is because Philly simply asks uh, Simmons to do more than Tatum. Um, Simmons has seen a a 24.1% usage rate compared to 17.9 for Tatum, which which has led to a higher turnover rate at 17.8 versus 11.3. However... uh, Simmons also boasts a, a, a 31.7 assist percentage versus, you know, 7.9 for Tatum, who's not a point guard. And, I mean, I guess Simmons is uh, a point guard, kind of. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, the 76ers, although, as I mentioned, are an efficient team now, they're inherently less efficient uh, on both sides of the ball than the Celtics. So, I mean, Simmons still remains a top 75 fantasy asset and... Uh, a the front runner for rookie of the year and has been very efficient and and spectacular this season. One of the best rookie seasons we've seen in a long time. Now I am I'm not a guy to pat myself on the back. R e my fantasy drafts because most of them do not deserve back patting. But I'm going to give myself props for grabbing Ben Simmons in the fifth round of one of my drafts. Uh, Russell, are you as high on Simmons as both Sam and I are? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of was a little bit hesitant at the start of the year just because of like the usual rookie thing that I have, but um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he has really been proving that wrong. And I, I think, you know, being around the league for a year, even if he was sitting out, probably helped with that. And um, he's been great. Like when you look at his line, it looks very LeBron-esque with a lot of, with the points and rebounds and assists and steals and the high field goal percentage and even if he doesn't have a shot, like as you remember, it took LeBron a bit of time to even develop the shot that he has now. Mm, good point. Good point. Uh, um, he's making it work without that. Like we see guys like him and the and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, guys that can make it work without being without having range, and it's uh, it's impressive in today's game. So uh, yeah, I love watching Simmons. His ceiling is sky high. I've got him in a 
in a keeper league where I'm keeping like at a very low round that I'm just absolutely thrilled. Yeah, he's he's going to be a good player for a long, long time for a Philadelphia 76ers team that is one of personally one of one of the highlights of the season for me. I love watching them. Play. Agree, uh, agree. Uh, yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're a blast. Uh, Lowry Markin, and I did not think he had the the game that he does have. I envisioned him as a Nico Miritich wannabe. But the one thing about Markin that's impressed me: uh, it, it, the guy can board, right, Sam? Yeah, Markin, he's he's been really good, but but his efficiency has not been great. I, I did want to talk to about him because of how relevant he's been in fantasy. But before I dive deep into him, I just want to. Like make a, a note about a couple of guys who have been really good nerd players uh, as rookies. John Collins also has a better nerd than Ben Simmons at one point too, but he's hurt Ooh. right now, so not immediately fantasy relevant. So didn't want to go into much detail. Uh, a Russell Pedal favorite, OG, and a no, and you know you do it, and 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 Anobi, Anobi, a new Russ uh, had that. He he's looked great for the Raptors, and uh, he's starting to earn a bigger role. So somebody to keep your eye on and. What, um, Russell, if I may interrupt, what does OG stand for? Original gangster. <laughs> right? Correct answer. That Correct. has to be. It's that it. has to be it. If my if my first name started with an O and my middle name was G, I would be OG. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's actually short for uh, Ogugua. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, unfortunately, but you know, he's he's got a he's got a name I can't pronounce, but he, he goes Our, by OG for short. Our Manada in Canada, link, part-time linguist. Uh, all right, continue, Sam. Anyway, uh, one Full-time last guy. Technically. That... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> uh, actually my job. But <laughs> the last guy I wanted to mention is Bam Adebayo, who is another guy. But we'll talk more about him later. So I'll, I'll move Bam! on to. to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, on to Laurie Markin. <laughs> Um, we could we could put together a supercut uh, at the end of the season of uh, Alan just yelling people's names. <laughs> yeah, and, and and me laughing, uh, getting thrown off. <laughs> the classic uh, one, yeah. You know the the question marking in um, the question marking. <laughs> uh, other than bringing him up just for you know Alan's bulls' uh, sake, um, he's really been a top seventy asset in nine cat scoring this year, which is and he's been a big part of this bulls rebuild. Um, however, despite averaging 14.5 points, 8 boards, and 1.5 assists per game, he's he's done it pretty inefficiently. And uh, he's actually the only player in the league who's shooting below 40% from the field that actually ranks inside the top 70 in 9-cat scoring. And only four such players exist in the top 100. That would be Markinen, Kent Bazemore, Spencer Dinwiddie, and fellow bull Justin Holiday. Yeah, um, it, sounds, it sounds like about the right company. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, but when you look at him, he's he's got a defensive rating that's 109, which isn't bad, but it's higher than his offensive rating, which is always a bad look. Um, and his true shooting percentage is about 52%. So uh, like we discussed with Simmons, a lot of his inefficiencies come from his environment um, on one of the least efficient teams in basketball. But uh, he does have a bright the, future. I think they are the least efficient team in basketball. Yeah, it's, it's them uh, or the Kings or the Suns are the three. Yeah, But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, he's got a bright future and uh, – I, I I wanted to mention him because he's a great fantasy as, a, asset. Sam, uh, Russ, do you have any uh, thoughts on marketing before we move on to one of my least favorite rookies? <laughs> he He's definitely better than I would have assumed. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Um, we, we He was very – people had a lot of slander for him when he was drafted and the Bulls, you know, made that pick part of the Jimmy Butler trade. But uh, – uh, anyway, I better wrap this up because it sounds like the police are coming for me uh, for this terrible rambling take. So uh, let's move on. <laughs> um, Lonzo Ball. I am not a Lonzo Ball truther. I didn't like him in college. I don't like him in the pros. I don't like his dad. I- I'm not a fan. Do the numbers agree with me, Sam? Oh, yeah, they do. This is the meat of the conversation here. Now we're oh, getting boy. into it. Uh, the next three guys are all lottery picks from last year that have been uh, some of the least efficient players in basketball. And, and Lonzo really epitomizes that. Uh, he, d- he does play strong defense. Um, he's got a 104 defensive rating, which is very strong, and, and he's got tremendous vision. He's averaging seven assists per game with a 29% assist rate, and he does attack the glass a- as well as uh, mo- almost any point guard in the league. He's got seven boards per game and a, and a rebound percent above 10, uh, but he simply can't shoot. He- he's terribly inefficient on offense. I mean, his 31-25-50% split is uh, atrocious. Mm-hmm. 
And that's led him to an 87 offensive rating, which is second worst in the league among any player averaging more than 20 minutes per game, behind only fellow rookie Josh Jackson, who is also a bottom five nerd player. And, um, and another product of this environment, too. True. I mean, and Lonzo is to a point, too. but To an extent. Uh, yep, yep. He, he barely ranks inside the top 150 in 9-cat with those kind of peripherals and uh, has the sixth worst nerd in all of basketball. So, uh, yeah, he is not your rookie of the year, and um, I don't know if he's <laughs> even ownable in fantasy at this point. Russell, uh, is Lonzo Ball going to amount to anything at any point in the future, or is, or is he WYSIWYG? What we see is what we get. I I still hold out hope that he he will be good. I mean there's a lot of good that we saw from him that that like or uh, other people saw from him in college cuz like I said I don't really follow it but <laughs> the uh the shooting is bad but it's like all rookies shoot their worst in their rookie season right so yeah we'll talk about a couple it, more like that in a sec <laughs> like you know hopefully that'll that'll pick up because as Sam mentioned the peripherals are very good like he he does rack up stats and he he can do a bit of everything so other than shoot so hopefully you can find a find a way to to be have a relevant career. Um, but it's an interesting thought exercise to be like, would he like with the this rookie class being as strong as it is? Is he even like a, a, an all rookie candidate? Not no, right not with the Donovan Mitchells and the John Collinses of the world. No, absolutely not. Um, one guy, I, I'm going to go on record, and it's being recorded right now, so the record <laughs> will exist forever. <laughs> I think that Dennis Smith Jr. is ultimately going to have a better career than Lonzo Ball. Maybe not this year, but uh, Sam, uh, what do you think? And what, what about this year? Well, not this year. <laughs> Let me start there. <laughs> well, his uh, shooting split's bad, too. Why do we hate on Lonzo and, and not on Dennis Smith Jr.? Oh, I'm about to hate on Dennis Smith. I'm about to hate on Dennis Smith Jr. right now. That's that's my okay. plan. <laughs> Hate away, man. Hate uh, away. <laughs> the first, although it's been met with less fanfare, like Russ said, I mean, Dennis has been just as bad, if not worse, than Lonzo. Uh, I mean, he's scored more than Lonzo, but it's been all volume. He's got a 46.4% true shooting percentage, which is just a, abysmal. And uh, he's been he doesn't add nearly as much on the defensive end or in rebounding, and, and he's posting a lower assist rate also than Lonzo. He's got an 88 Defend, uh, an 88 offensive rating, which is only uh, one point better, and which is you know good for third worst among all players <laughs> who are playing at least 20 minutes a game. And he's got the league worst minus 3.9 nerd, which uh, isn't quite uh, Emmanuel Moutier levels, but uh, we're getting close there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, the eternal I mean, points in the paint punching bag, Emmanuel Moutier. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, He's he's outside of the top 200 in nightcat scoring because he doesn't add the peripherals like Lonzo does, and he still can't shoot. Um, and LeBron said that the Knicks should have drafted him instead of uh, Frank, huh? So, yeah. We'll see. Uh, are, are you uh, aboard the Dennis Smith Jr. train, Russell, or is he going to be eh? No, he's another wait-and-see guy. I'm not, I'm, I have a hard time ever really calling out um, projecting a career after 20 games, but... Um... You know, I I see some good things from him and from Lonzo, but I see some bad things. And you know, five years from now, our perspective on them is going to change pretty vastly. So I'm, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait them out a bit. Well, fortunately, points in the paint will be around for another five years, so we shall discuss then. Uh, our last rookie on uh, Sam's little list here is De'Aaron Fox. Another product environment. Yeah, he is a little bit, but. Uh, w- before we get into Fox, it, it, like Russ said, it's important to note that that we're not saying that these aren't talented guys with bright futures. It's it's more just right. showing that there's a learning curve for mm-hmm. rookies, um, and it's substantial. And and rookies are often inefficient and and fantasy irrelevant at sometimes. And and that's not to say that these guys won't move on to have great careers, but uh, mm-hmm. to have such high expectations is is a little much. You need to you know tone it down a little bit with these rookies, uh, especially for fantasy, which is the impetus for this conversation. And, and sure. Fox is another guy who is being over, who was being overdrafted because of hype early season hype. And he's another guy who's bottom five in nerd this season. Um, and, and he hasn't been given the keys to the car the same way that Alonzo or Dennis Smith have. Uh, he's playing alongside George Hill a lot, and he's got a lower usage at 23.2% um, and a lower assist rate. And, and his true shooting percentage is actually even lower than Dennis Smith's. 
Um, even though he does boast a slightly better offensive rating, which at 91 is the best of the three point guards we've discussed. But mm-hmm. he's a very minus defender at one, uh, with a 113 rating, which hurts his overall nerd. And uh, it's made things difficult on him. He hasn't adjusted to playing alongside George Hill. Um, so, I mean, his lack of efficiency and vol- volume has made him a true non-factor in, in fantasy leagues. And uh, I, I don't, if people are still owning him, it's it's time to cut cut their losses, you know? Russ, I, I actually fear for Fox's future because uh, the Sacramento franchise and their basketball culture, it's, it, it's terrible, not to mince words. Uh, it's not a good place to grow. He's stuck there for another few years. Can he overcome this Sacramento vibe, or does he have enough talent to fight his way out of it on what is a legitimately lousy team? Well, yeah, the true hope is that uh, the moves that Sacramento did make this summer in bringing in uh, George Hill and Vince Carter and Zach Randolph, although we've spoken about the fact that, you know, they're maybe getting a bit too much of, of the minutes, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, they're there to to help guys like that along and to and to mentor them so that hopefully they like, you know, don't relive the same mistakes that we've seen in Sacramento over these last several years. Um, so hopefully that, you know, they're headed in the right direction so that, you know, Darren Fox is getting there at the right time, that it won't be too detrimental for him. But I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to see. Great stuff guys. Uh, and now we're going to move over to a little plus minus where Russell will take the lead and tell us who we must add or subtract from our fantasy hoops squad uh the first guy on your list is the uh, millennial jay rich josh richardson down in miami he's waking up yeah absolutely um he had a chance to make a big impact this year with uh rodney magruder out and now that uh richardson is the entrenched starter on the heat but uh he's started every game he's averaging over 32 minutes a night so you'd usually think that that kind of volume would mean uh, big fantasy returns but he hasn't really lived up to that hype uh he's ranking outside the top 150 on the year uh, he is giving owners decent threes and defensive stats, but things like points, rebounds, assists, they've been lacking. The percentages and turnovers have been nothing to write home about. But uh, he's been putting it together over his last week or so, uh, showing signs of ability to be a top 60 guy, perhaps. Um, so he's owned in 40% of Yahoo leagues and 10% on ESPN, so he's available in a lot of places. And uh, I want to see if he can keep this going, because the, the opportunity is definitely there. He plays good enough defense that uh, Spolster will keep him on the floor. Um, so if he can start, uh, you know, doing some stuff on the offensive end, you're going to see, uh, some pretty good fantasy returns from this guy. Um, Sam, uh, the Miami heat are a bottom third nerd team. Uh, does Josh Richardson have enough efficiency to make him fantasy relevant? Uh, over the last week he does, he's averaging Mm. 16.7 points, two rebounds and assist and a half, a steal and a half and almost a block per game with, uh, two and a half threes. Uh, but his nerd is has not been good this year, and that's why the through the early parts of the season he hasn't been. He's a negative three point five nerd, uh, which mm-hmm. is good for the bottom five. So now we've covered five out of the bottom six, and we'll talk about the, the <laughs> we're awesome. We'll talk about the 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 other in the bottom six in a few minutes, uh, uh, begrudgingly. Dun, but, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean uh, he's trending upwards and probably worth a speculative ad at this point. Um, a guy that I did give a speculative ad to, and I'm patting myself on the back for this one, is Jonathan Simmons. But it's kind of a logic thing because with with uh, Terrence Ross out, this dude is going to get plenty of burn, right, Russ? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simmons recently moved into the starting lineup for the Magic even before Terrence Ross went out. But now that Ross is out indefinitely with that sprained MCL and a non-displaced tibial fracture, uh, Simmons should stick there for the foreseeable future. Uh, he's putting up decent points, threes, and rebounds in a healthy 36 minutes per night over the last week. So, like, the, the opportunity is there. Um, admittedly, he's lacking a bit in rebounds, assists, and defensive categories. And his percentages and turnovers aren't really all that sexy. Um, that said, the opportunity and minutes are there, like I said. Uh, he's darn good, has that Spurs pedigree. Uh, he wants to be an elite player. He's been quoted as saying that recently. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see with, if with the opportunity he can put it all together. Uh, I'd like to see more uh, stat stuffing from him, really, than, than just the points, uh, threes and, and stuff. But um, I, I think that, you know, uh, he, the opportunity is there and, I, and the Magic need him to, to perform. So he's, uh, he's available in 60% of Yahoo leagues, 75% wow. on ESPN. Wow. So there's a lot of room to pick him up, and uh, now is definitely the time to jump on him. Yeah, I remember watching with San Antonio and thinking, this guy, if he gets the opportunity, he could be legit. Sam, I can envision him as a second option out there in Orlando. Is that is that feasible? 
yeah, second behind our boy Aaron Gordon would be nice. But you mm-hmm. look at what he's done on a per 36-minute basis. He's averaging 19.2 points, two, uh, four rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal and per 36. And now with Ross out and him inserted into the starting lineup, he's going to start seeing close to that. He's averaging 33 minutes as a starter already. So, yeah, I think that he's definitely worth an add, and we could see him uh, really start to trend up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching what he does over the next few weeks. Uh, next guy on the list is a guy that I kind of feel like there's a chance that this guy could be something special given the right opportunity. Denver might not be the right opportunity for him, but he's going to have a chance over the next couple of weeks. That would be the manimal, Kevin Fer- uh, Kenneth Farid. Yeah, the idea of Kenneth Farid as a fantasy asset tends to be more thrilling than the real thing. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> it's, the ha- maybe it's the hair. I don't know. Um, but he's, he's back to being a thing with uh, Millsap now on the shelf for the next few months following his wrist surgery. Um, <coughs> and Jokic. And Jokic will be out for a little bit, too. Exactly. And that was me, Jokic. Um, oh! That puts- <laughs> Rust battle is going to be at the Giggle Hut in uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> All uh, um, anyway, following Millsap's uh, wrist surgery, that puts Fareed back into um, the same situation we've seen him in the last few years. He's managed to rank between the 80th and 90th in nine cat leagues for five straight years, posting basically a low end double double with points and rebounds, close to a steal and a block per game, good field goal percentage, low turnovers. Um, in his five starts in Millsap's place, um, the one they call the Manimal has basically done that, save the defensive stats. Mm-hmm. Um, if we see those defensive stats normalized, though, we're going to get basically the same Farid we saw get solid to mid to late round value a while ago uh, for as long as Millsap is out. Uh, he's available in 70% of Yahoo leagues, 85% on ESPN, so grab him if you need some big man stats. What uh, What's Nerd's stance on Kenneth Farid, Sam? Pro Kenneth Farid. Nerd is pro Kenneth Farid. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got a zero... Oh, I hope he's not choking too much. Chokic too much over here. But... Uh, He's got a, it's a zero not, point. It's not nice of us to make fun of our friend who's gagging his lungs out. <laughs> He's the one who made and the I'm joke. I'm doing everything I can to do it off the mic, too, but you guys keep <laughs> being <laughs> Anyway, uh, 0.8 nerd on the year, and he's averaging 16 and 11 per 36. And, and I don't, he's not going to see 36 minutes in any game. But, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's worth that ad. And uh, he's also from Newark, New Jersey. So shout out to Brick City. Ah, good call. Um, next on our list is another uh, another player who looks to take advantage of some injuries in his team, Alec Burks. Yes. Um, Rodney Hood has missed about a week's worth of games, and Alec Burks has broken out over that time. Uh, Burks has actually been a top 10 guy over the last week, uh, tearing it up in all nine categories. Uh, he's still coming off the bench and could go right back to not being a standard uh, league asset once Hood is back and go go with Gobert coming back as well. Um, that said, you want to own any guy that puts up top 10 value over a week. Uh, he's still available in 60% of Yahoo leagues, 90% of ESPN. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're big on riding the hot hand, uh, there, there are very few hotter right now than Alec Burks. Uh, before I turn it over to Sam, I'm going to say it again. Alec Burks. Your thoughts on Mr. Burks, Sam? People forget that Alec Burks was a featured player for the Jazz in 2014. He played 28 mm-hmm. minutes a game then uh, before he's struggled with injuries for the rest of his career since. Uh, but he's been excellent for the banged-up Jazz this season. Um, and he's, you know, especially while Hood is out, he's averaged 26 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2.5 steals, and a block in 30 minutes per game. But he also was seeing 20-plus minutes a game. He's seen 20-plus minutes a game in 8 of his last 9 even when... Hood was healthy, so I can't see him really falling completely out of the rotation, and I'm sure he's earned uh, a bigger role in that over the last week. So, yeah, he's probably my favorite upside add of this group where you get in, like, he, he has the highest uh, ceiling of any of these guys we've talked about. Yeah, he's always been a really intriguing player, and, and as you mentioned, injuries have really derailed what looked to be a, a super promising career. Maybe he can find his mojo. Uh, we're going to go back to Miami uh, and a couple bigs with Hassan Whiteside dealing with some injuries of his own. Kelly Olenek and BAM! <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought you were going to finish by giving us his last name, but no, he's just, just BAM now, like Madonna. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Whiteside is out the next couple of weeks, as you mentioned, Alan. Uh, he's got a b- b- bone bruise in his knee. Uh, so Bam and Kelly, which Bam! I guess kind of sounds kind of sounds like it would be a great buddy cop movie. Bam and Kelly. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Bam's a dog in the, this scenario. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, they're filling in for Whiteside. So uh, Bam is starting and has been a top 75 guy over the last week, but uh, he's kind of inconsistent. He's mostly getting his value from defensive numbers and just really good shooting numbers at low volume. Um, Olenek, on the other hand, coming off the bench, uh, he's actually playing more minutes than Bam. Sorry, more, more minutes than Bam! Nice. And uh, contributing everywhere but the defensive end. So they kind of, they're being a little complimentary in that sense. Um, I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd go with Olenek just because he's a veteran that's done this kind of thing before, filling in for guys. But uh, Bam's a decent head too if you need specifically the defensive boost that won't hurt your your ratios. So depending on your needs and uh, their availability, uh, both are worth an add over the ne- in the short term at the very least. Uh, Sam, of the two, are you taking the rookie or the Canadian? Um, like Russ said, Tread I... Lightly. <laughs> I probably prefer uh, Kelly Olynyk because he's got the three point shooting and he's got a little he's got a little more uh, range in fantasy. Uh, pardon the pun, but yeah, Bam is a great add too. I don't, I don't have much more to add than what Russ said. I mean, both of these guys are getting a bump with Whiteside out, and I don't think he's going to be back all that soon. So, uh, this the last ad uh, of the week is. By far, for me, the most surprising name to see on the list, uh, the eternally wacky Lance Stevenson. Yeah, like this is not a guy that I generally like to recommend that people go after. But (laughs) um, I don't really think that he'll keep this up at all. But, you know, you have to recognize when a guy's been a top 75 player over the last couple weeks, contributing in points, threes, rebounds, assists, solid percentages. Um, He's he's available in 80% of Yahoo leagues and 90% on ESPN. And when he's putting up those kind of numbers, you have to consider him. You have to forget the name a little bit. Um, He's only actually had one fantasy-relevant season in his career. It feels like it's been more, but really it was only 2013-14 that he was even a late-round asset. Um, But, you know, his role on the Pacers bench this year has been consistent. He's stuffing the the stat sheet. That that nearly came out way worse. That nearly came out way worse than I meant for it to. I mean, he could really drop off entirely by the next time we record this, but um, if you want to buy into this potential post-hype breakout at age 27, I mean, go for it. Uh, Sam, do the numbers mitigate the wackiness with Mr. Stevenson? Uh, A little bit. I mean, like Russ said, only 27. I I feel like he's kind of uh, like a poor man's Alec Burks or an even poorer man's uh, Courtney Lee, but... You know, I mean, uh, he's, <laughs> a fine, he's a fine speculative ad for the time being if uh, if Burks is unavailable. All right, so we got one drop this week. And you know what? This is going to be a train wreck. I'm stepping away. Take it away, Russell. Yeah, after this one, I don't know if Sam and I will be able to record this again This is the anymore. last episode of the uh, podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could very well be. Um, Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters. Oh, no! Uh, there, <laughs> there has been no guy that we've talked about more on this podcast. So we tried to invite him to Sam's house for Thanksgiving. Um, he didn't come, by know, the way. The, uh, <laughs> How all, dare all the more, All the more reason to drop his ass. Drop so, him. <laughs> listen, I, this, I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple weeks, but I, 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 I respect you too much, Sam, to do it. But it, it's time. Waiters is outside the top... <laughs> 220 in nine cat on the season Oy. he's outside the top 265 over the last month Oy. and he's outside the top 325 over the last week Oy. what do we call that what do we call that alan trending down yeah he might give you decent points threes and assists sure but the rebounds and defensive numbers are nearly non-existent the shooting split is abysmal he's shooting 35 percent from the field over the last month the turnovers, nearly three per game, are just gross. His <laughs> uh, minutes and starting role are safe, but I really can't understand why anyone, anyone would let this guy drain them in so many categories just for decent points, threes, and assists that they can get elsewhere. Unless, of course, they went to Syracuse. Defend your boy, Sam. What do you got? Listen, all right? I don't <laughs> care that he's outside of the top 300 in the last whatever I don't care that he's got the third worst nerd in all of basketball. I don't care. <laughs> he's the future MVP of the league, my future best friend, and there's no chance that I will be dropping him in fantasy leagues. And for what it's worth, I own him in the league that uh, I'm in with Allen and Russ, and I'm ahead of them in the standings. So Yeah, I'm going to be watching the waiver wire Touché. for Dion Waiters. Uh, hey, guys, thanks. That was probably the best ad drop in the history of ad drops uh but now we're going to close things out with alan's eye test that's me my look at the nba week that was utilizing my eyes low on numbers high on eyeballs but today i'm going to use numbers go figure 
Uh, so as of this recording, the Cleveland Cavaliers are on an 11-game winning streak, which comes on the heels of a 10-game stretch in which they went 3-7. and seven. Gross. They're now 16-7, second in the East, just three and a half games behind the 20-4 and four Boston Celtics. 20-4 and four Boston Celtics, people, don't forget. And that's great, but how great is it? Here, my friends, is where the numbers come in. The combined record of their 11 victims during the streak is, wait for it, wait for it, 91 and 125. And only two of the teams would currently be playoff bound, those being the Pistons and the Sixers. And the Cavs' average margin of victory over this collection of cupcakes is only 9.4. They should be beating Atlanta by like 30, not 7. And during this streak held during the entire season, it's been all LeBron all the time. Over his past five games, James is not only putting up 27.2 points, but he's two-tenths of a rebound and two-tenths of an assist away from averaging a triple-double. Positively Westbrookian, ladies and gentlemen. It's kind of concerning that he's doing... (laughs) It's kind of concerning that he's doing all of this in 35 minutes a night with a crazy usage rate of 30.5. A lot of court time, a lot of ball handling. Now, it's possible that James could drag this team kicking and screaming to a super high playoff seed, but at what cost, people? At what cost? At what cost, guys? A lot. A lot. And think about it. (laughs) With all of his postseason runs, this dude has played a minimum, a minimum of 88 games in each of his 14 years in the league, and over the last six years, it's been closer to 100. And yeah, he is a cyborg, but cyborgs do break down eventually. And if he doesn't chill out with the minutes and the usage, that could come sooner than later. But, but, but here's the thing I don't think anybody realizes. This winning streak started just one game after Derrick Rose took his leave of absence. Cleveland is 4-3 and three with Rose in the lineup and 12-4 and four without him. Right, Sam? That is correct, sir. Yeah. And it was announced on Monday that Rose is back with the team and rehabbing his sprained ankle. Now, there's no timeline for his return, but if I am a superstitious Cavs fan, I am hoping the guy goes A-W-O-L-A-S-A-P. And, you know, not for nothing, but the Celtics have the best record in the association. Nobody's talking about that. Then again, I'm not really talking about it either. And as they say, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. So I am part of the problem and those are I'd all say, your points in the paint for today. I, well, i'd say lebron before you before you end it i'd yeah. say that lebron lebron is pr- pr- now producing the perfect meme to convince derrick rose that basketball sucks yeah there you go <laughs> thanks for us thanks sam those are all your points in the paint for today but the three of us will be back next week with more ups and more downs and more pluses and more minuses and more nerdiness and more eye tests if you want to follow us on twitter i am at alan Golcher, a-l-a-n-g-o-l-d-s-h-e-r russ is at rusty pedal bike r-u-s-t-y-p-e-d-a-l-b-i-k-e and sam is at real house r-e-a-l underscore h-a-u-s-s and if you like what you heard you can subscribe to points in the pain on itunes tune in google play stitcher or soundcloud you have no excuse not to listen to us people and to get a taste of some more number centric goodies for each and every sport visit numberfire.com for russell pedal and sam house i am alan vulture thank you for listening and we will catch you next week Thank you.